All right. Well, thank you so much, worship team, for, for leading us again and for leading us so well. And I uh, think it's just a beautiful way for us to express uh, through song um, some of the things that we're going to talk about this morning. And we're continuing in our series on Pray. And if you uh, haven't joined us uh, previously, there's now already a number of videos or a number of sermons uh, leading uh, to this uh, Sunday. And so uh, go on our YouTube channel and watch them if you haven't. It started with Pastor Peter and then Pastor Jonathan, and I've done a couple. And now today we are um, continuing in. And next week we're going to wrap up this series. And so today uh, I want to uh, speak to us about forms of prayer. Um, there are some different ways in which we can pray. And we've talked about what prayer is, and, and we'll touch back on that a little bit. But I think it's really important for us to um, recognize that prayer takes work, that prayer isn't something that just happens automatically. It's not something that, that you know, we'll just naturally be good at. Um, it sounds wrong to say that maybe, but the reality is um, communication and, and expressing ourselves and hearing and all of those things um, they all require practice, they all require us taking time to learn. And so I hope that throughout this um, prayer series, you have been practicing, you've been putting some of these things in place, that you've been making the effort, that this isn't just something that you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to get some head knowledge and therefore I'm good enough. Um, praying is more than just knowing about prayer. Praying is more than just having an understanding. And like I said last week, my guess is that for the majority of your theology, your theology around prayer is probably good. Uh, we probably don't need to really talk about your belief system around prayer because you believe that prayer is important. You believe that you need to pray to God and that God can hear your prayers and God answers your prayers according your, to his will. All those things, the thinking and the belief is correct. What we need to do then is recognize that most likely where the breakdown is is with us. And very often, the only way, you know, we can learn to be better at praying is by praying. And so this is something that takes discipline. This is something that takes a lot of time. And like I said last week, in the midst of it, it can also be really, really frustrating. And so if you haven't watched the previous sermons, I would encourage you to watch them. Um, they kind of are building on one another. And so it's important for you to understand um, what was said in the early, earlier services. So we define prayer as this. We said prayer is letting Jesus into our hearts. And that's an important definition because we need to recognize that praying isn't just simply the words that we say. Praying isn't just, you know, the action that we go through. It's not bowing our heads. It's not that. It's, it's allowing Jesus into our hearts. It's allowing Jesus to come in and to do his work in us. And so prayer is much more than, you know, just the things that we do. Prayer is so important um, and we need to recognize that Jesus is standing in Revelation. We read this, that Jesus at the door and he's knocking, he's wanting to come in. That's ultimately an image or a picture of what prayer is. Jesus wanting to have relationship with, wanting to be in our hearts. And so this is a, a very beautiful and also a very powerful image of what prayer is. So last week we said that we looked at why it's so difficult to pray. And I have to say, it's been, it's been fun. There's a few of you that have contacted me um, pretty regularly. And it's been kind of fun um, seeing how you have struggled with this, uh, talking to different people. And some people have said, man, this is really messing me up. And this is making it difficult. And I'm seeing that switch that you talked about. And, and I'm seeing some of these things that, that you know, we, we have looked at before. And so 
I, I'm glad that you're frustrated. I'm sorry that you're frustrated. But at the same time, I'm glad that you are making the effort to change the way you pray, to, to deepen your prayer time. And so it's good to see that. And I'm, I would encourage you, keep working at it, keep practicing, and keep learning to pray. And if you want to include me in, those, in that journey, I'm more than happy to hear about how your journey is going and to assist in any way I can. But know this, this is something that will take a lot of work on your part. And I think every single one of us, just like in any other relationship, we want to learn to communicate more effectively. We want to learn to connect with God in a deeper way. And so that's been uh, the goal and part of the reason why we're going through this series. The reason many people give up praying is because they are doing it wrong. And, we, and again, we, we talked about that quite a bit yesterday. And so when we pray in a way that isn't the way God wants us to pray, it becomes exhausting uh, it be, feels that it's ineffective, and we struggle to commit to something that we feel is not really working. And so if you are finding yourself at a place where it feels like your prayers are not really working, I want to really encourage you, don't stop praying. Rather, ask yourself, what is it that is maybe not working, and what is it that maybe you need to do? Today we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk, like I said, about the forms of prayer. But before we do that, I, I want to spend a little bit of time um, speaking to something that I said last week because I sensed that it has caused, or I didn't even sense, some of you have told me flat out, that it's caused some confusion. And so I want to take a few minutes and just talk a little bit about what I meant last week when I said that if we pray in our own name, God will not answer. And some of you wrestled with that a little bit, and so I want to just give some clarification on that, that if you pray only for yourself, um, God is not obligated to answer your prayer. And so I think, looking at this a little bit more, I think really the question we're asking is this. Is it possible to misuse prayer? Is it possible for us to use prayer in a wrong way? And I would answer, absolutely. Absolutely it is. That we can sometimes use prayer and, and do it in a way that is more for us than it is for God. So how often, maybe, if we could ask this question, how often have we caught ourselves praying and when we pray, we are not really seeking God's will for something. What we're doing is we're telling God about what we want to do. We're telling God what our will is, but we do it in a prayerful manner, hoping he's going to rubber stamp our desire and our will, but we're not really honestly seeking his will. We just know that before we go and do what we normally do, we should pray about it. And so we pray about it, and we say, God, here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm thinking of doing this and this and this. And then we're basically saying, would you okay it? And that's one of those things that I would encourage you to consider. If you are not praying for the honor and for the glory of God, then you are probably praying more for yourself. Now, we'll look at this more later. I don't want you to just dismiss it, but that's what I was talking about last week, that we need to be really, really careful that we are not praying in our own name. Because if we're praying in our own name, God is not obligated to answer such a prayer. It's actually fairly selfish, if we think about it, and I think that it's true that we've become somewhat of a selfish people. I think most of us picture the world and all the things that are in the world as if though they're made for us, you know, the plants, the animals, you know, pretty much everything we have, somehow it's for us. And so we kind of lived a life saying, well, God created all these things for our enjoyment. And that's true, but at the same time, we need to remember that God made all of these things, everything he created, he created for his glory, and so I think it's important for us then to also recognize that we may at times fall into 
this mindset that says God has to answer my prayers and that God is there and he's going to give me whatever I want. And so that, again, was the, the purpose of what I said last week, and I hope that you understand that. And so I think, um, like you're going to see in a little bit, like Jesus' disciples, there are times where the human side of us comes out and we just want to get what we want. Look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If not, it's going to be on the screen. But Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. This is what happened in, in that passage. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked the favor of him. What is it you want? He asked, Jesus asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right side and the other at your left side in your kingdom. Verse 22, you do not know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. Now, you've heard this maybe before, and it's one of those interesting moments that you see in the disciples' life and their relationship with Jesus. And it's likely a very innocent question. It's possible that, you know, these two brothers, James and John, it's very possible that they are actually the cousins of Jesus. And they've already been included along with Peter into the inner circle of Jesus, the three of them, you know, and now here they are, and they're like, man, wouldn't it be great if we could sit at Jesus' right and left hand when we are in the kingdom of God? So it's very possible that this is a, a fairly innocent request on their part. And the next verse tells us that the other disciples, when they heard this request, they became pretty bothered by it. They, they became indignant. And there is now tension within the community, in, in, the, in the group of 12. And, and these disciples were none too pleased that these two would think that they should have higher status than the rest of them. And what is important to note here is that Jesus does not respond with indignation, but at the same time, he uses this as a moment to teach them. He immediately and he explicitly makes clear to them that this is not a prayer, this is not a request that he is compelled to give them. He does not and he will not give them what they asked for. But at the same time, he spends time correcting them and to, to show them why this was maybe not something they should have asked for. And so it's important for us to see that although they asked most likely in a very innocent, you know, meaning kind of a way, Jesus doesn't, excuse me, doesn't give them what they asked for, but at the same time, Jesus teaches them in this, in this moment. We cannot use prayer for our own agenda. We cannot use prayer for our own personal gain. And so I really think that that's something that I want us to understand because, yes, it is possible that we would misuse prayer. And so, anyway, that was a long answer to some of the questions that I had about um, what I meant last week. And so now let's switch gears and let's look at the forms of prayer. It's important to understand that like any conversation that you and I would have or that you would have with your friends or your siblings or your family, if those conversations were in a constant you know, a set of rules and that there's only a certain ways that you could do it and, and when you talk, you could only talk this way and you could only talk at this time. And, and imagine if you had a friend and it was like, you know, every morning at 6 a.m., um, I want you to, to meet me and I'm going to talk for about 20 minutes and then we're good. 
And then the next day I would like you to meet me at 6 o'clock again and I'm going to talk to you for 20 minutes and then we're good. If we had a set of rules like that for our, our conversations with people here on earth, it would dry up those conversations pretty quickly. They would, they would lose their flavor, they would lose their joy, their effectiveness. And yet I think for most of us that's what we've done with prayer. We've, st- we've made some kind of set of rules and, and our prayers are kind of always the same. The same thing, week after week after week. Oh, we may include new information, but as far as how we pray, the form we use, the posture we use, all those things, it's always the same. And then we wonder why some of us are at a place where it feels like our prayer life is kind of just blah. Like it just doesn't seem to have a lot of meaning. So what we want to do today is we want to look at some different forms of prayer. We want to consider how could we possibly pray in such a way that it brings a different flavor. It's not always the same old, same old. Our prayers could be silent moments. It could be a restful meditation. It could be a deep sigh. It could be a sudden explanation of wonder and of joy and gratitude. It may take many words. It may take only one word. Maybe there's a moment where we would just have like one word that we can say and, and it's enough. It may be an outcry of anguish and frustration and agitation in the middle of a bitter struggle that we're going through. So let's look at five different forms of prayer. The first one is supplicatory prayer. This is a very common form of prayer. Um, the very nature of it keeps it at the forefront of the prayers. Most of you, this is, or all of us probably, this is the prayer that we do every single day. This, is, this could also be called request prayer. We see many passages in the Bible where we are encouraged to bring our request to God. The meaning in Scripture with this word is that we should bring and we should express our desires to God. To let Him know what we want. And so, supplicatory prayer is bringing our request to God. Personally, I think it's amazing and I think it's beautiful that God would provide us with a source through prayer as a way that we could express our needs and our desires to Him. I think it's just one of those beautiful things that God has done for us. God wants us to freely come to Him, to confidently approach Him with our request. An example of this would be found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. See, there we are told again, in every situation, to bring your request, to present your request to God. We are told here that we can do this in all of the situations that we are going through. Now, you may be wondering... What about this misuse of prayer that you just talked about? Doesn't this sound like you're kind of contradicting yourself? I think what is important for us to be aware of here is that although we can misuse prayer, there are times where we can. At the same time, we should not be afraid of misusing prayer to the point where we stop praying. So if you're sitting here going, well, man, I don't want to misuse prayer. I don't want to do it wrong, so I'm not going to pray because what if this is a misuse of prayer? Okay, so it's important for us to recognize that God examines our hearts and we need to examine our own hearts. We need to examine the motive behind our prayers. There's nothing wrong with making a personal request to God and asking God for something if our heart is in the right place. But if our heart is all about us, all about me, all about me, 
That changes the way we approach prayer. But there's nothing wrong with saying, God, would you heal me? I want to feel better. Would you help me with my finances? I'm tired of struggling financially. Those prayers are fine, but it's when it's about, I want to be rich. I want to do this. I want to just, I want to live a happy life. I don't care about, you know, that changes the tone. That changes the motive behind the prayers. And so we need to be careful and we need to recognize the difference of that. So if you find yourself going, man, this sounds like a contradiction. Now I'm not sure. My encouragement to you is when in doubt, pray. When in doubt, if you're not sure, like, man, is this a misuse of my prayer, but I I feel like I want to make these requests to God, then make those requests to God. Make sure that you hear, that he hears the needs that you have and that you share them with him. For example, we see, you know, in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we see the Apostle Paul, and he's had this thorn in his side, and it says, or he has this thorn in his side, and And he repeatedly prays. Three times he goes to God and he requests that this would be removed from him. And God doesn't answer his prayer. Now you could say, well, it was a, you know, for ministry, Paul was being afflicted by this and it was hindering his ministry. But for whatever reason, God decided not to answer his prayer. So there's nothing that should keep us from repeatedly asking in God, but at the same time, check your motive, check your heart, but then also be Aware of the fact that God may not always grant us what we ask for. And this is an important lesson for us to learn because I think sometimes even in that we will be exposed whether the prayer was selfishly motivated or if it was for the glory of God. Because if it was selfishly motivated, we may become angry, we may become disappointed because God didn't give us what we wanted. But if it was for the glory of God then we may recognize that although he hasn't answered our prayer, our request the way we wanted, he must have a purpose for doing so, and therefore we continue forward with with life. The second form of prayer is the prayer of thanksgiving. This naturally follows request prayer. After God has answered our prayers, we ought to give thanks. We, We should give God thanks for what he has done. Paul instructs us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving is an essential part of prayer. We need to be thankful. We are to be thankful in all the things that we have. And if you think about it, we have so much to be thankful for. We are blessed beyond what we deserve. We are blessed beyond what we often even recognize. There are things that are happening for us. There are are blessings that we're receiving in this moment that we do not even notice because we have become so accustomed to receiving them. You would think then that praying prayers of thanksgiving would be easy. Considering all the blessings that God has given us, you would think that God's people would be a constantly thankful people, wouldn't you? If we would look at our lives and say, what have you all received, God? Oh, God has given me everything. You would think that Christians would be the most thankful people on the face of the earth. No matter what the hardships were, we would be expressing gratitude and thanks. But I think you all know, and I know, that that is often not the case. Unfortunately, and I don't know, I don't really understand why, these prayers, prayers of thanksgiving, seem to be hard to learn. And we need not look, and again, I'm picking on poor children, we need not look much further than our own children. Our children very often have very, very little difficulty 
in asking for stuff, but they have far more difficulty in saying thank you for stuff. Okay, am I the only parent? You know, I think it's just one of those things. Most of our kids have no problem saying, can I have this, can I have this? And then we give that to them and they walk away. And what do we have to do? Hey, what do you say? Thank you. It feels so real, doesn't it? You know, grandma gives them a gift and they're like, thank you. It's like, yep, same socks, same sweater, same tie, whatever. I'm not sure, you know, same gift as the last 30 years. Thank you. Even as adult, we're like, oh, thank you, you know. And, and it feels so, you know, real. But it's one of those things that we've, we've taught our children to do because we need to be thankful for what we receive. Now, we may conclude that a little silly old thank you doesn't really matter to God. You know, he's God of the universe. What does it matter if someone says thank you for the fact that I could inhale breath? What does it matter to God if I say thank you that I, you know, my, my family is healthy, that I had food on my table? That I had money in my bank. That I have a relationship with him. What, what is those silly little things? I'm sure it doesn't matter to God. But look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, verses 42. He says, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Here's this moment where Jesus is looking at what is happening. And he says, I notice when someone gives even just a small cup of water. So if Jesus, is, Jesus notices these small things, surely then we should never cease to say thank you for the things that God has given us, regardless of how big or small they may be in our eyes. Being thankful is vital to our prayer life. So if giving thanks is not part of our regular prayer, then we need to start. And please hear me, do not just say the words. We need to mean them. We need to express them with honesty and gratitude. Start by giving thanks for the things that you've taken for granted. And this is going to feel silly, and I promise you again, the request part I don't really need to teach you how to do because we all know how to do that. But the thank you part, I think most of us would probably say, yeah, I need to work on this. So start today by the little things that you've taken for granted. And you may want to take and just write down some things. And you might look at them and say, like, really? Thank you, God, that I could, I could walk. Come on. Really? God cares about that? I want you to get into the practice of thanking God for everything that's going on in your life. Because guess what? Every single one of them is a blessing. Not one of them is done on your own power. Not one of them is because you are who you are. They are all a reward from God, and so therefore we need to give thanks for all the things that we take for granted, and then start to build up to the things that you know this was the hand of God. He moved in a mighty way, and he did this work in your life. If we only start with the, the big things, eventually even those we will stop being thankful for. We need to be a people who are thankful. We need to Say, uh, you know, thank you to God for all he has done for us. When someone does something for us, we are moved with gratitude. Someone does us a favor, no matter how big or small, we are moved with gratitude to say thank you. And we might even at times call the person back and say, hey, I forgot to thank you for what you did. And they're like, ah, oh, no big deal. But we feel compelled to say thank you, and the same should be true in our prayer life, that we are constantly, constantly giving God praise and thanks for what he has done for us. That leads me to the next one, which is praise. 
If you've ever read through the book of Psalms, you've come across the command over and over, praise the Lord. This is mentioned over and over in the book of Psalms. Praise and thanksgiving are very similar to each other. They both focus on giving glory to God. One way to distinguish between them is this. We give thanks as as a way of expressing gratitude for what God has done. So when we give thanks, we express gratitude for what God has done. When we give praise, we give God glory for who he is. So those are the two differences. If you just click that again, you'll see it. Thank, giving, being thankful is giving God gratitude and expressing gratitude for what he has done. And when we give praise, we give God glory for who he is. And this is important because if you would look at it this way, you might actually say, then praise is actually more significant than giving thanks. That praise is something that we should be constantly doing because we recognize that all the things that we receive from God is as a result of who he is. So I think it's important for us to combine then our prayers of thanksgiving and our prayers of praise. So our prayer may sound something like this. God, thank you for answering our prayer for healing. We praise you that you hear our prayers, that you love us, that you listen, that you have compassion, that you have authority, and that you have power to heal. That's a way of combining thank you, but then praising him for who he is. In Revelation chapter 5, we see this beautiful, beautiful expression of praise. Verse 11, then I looked and heard the voices of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Verse 13, Then, all the, then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth and on the sea, and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Praise must be on the lips of God's people. Praise must be on the lips of God's people. It is possible to praise God even in our lament. It is possible to praise God even in your most bitter time of sorrow because God is the same and that is enough right there to give him praise. And so in your time of prayer, when you give thanks, include the praise right away as well. It's a beautiful way of doing it. Thank you for this, but I know that you answered because of who you are and then praise God for who he is. Number four, conversation. I said that prayer is to let Jesus into our hearts. And we looked at this in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, and we said that Jesus is standing at the door and he is knocking. And he wants to come in and he says, I want to come in, I want to eat with you and you with me. And, and obviously, it's this image of conversation, this image of fellowship, this image of engaging together. So it's important for us then to recognize that Jesus wants, in a sense, he wants to have a conversation with us. Jesus wants to come into our hearts, not only in the darkest moments of our lives, 
but in the day-to-day of every day. Jesus always wants to be in our hearts. He always wants to be in our lives. He always wants to be involved in the things that we do. He is knocking. He is in the, he, you know, in the middle of your workday, he is knocking. In the middle of your time of resting, he is knocking. In the middle of your time with your family, you name it, when you are alone, Jesus is knocking. He wants to be invited into those moments. So it's important for us to recognize that the Holy Spirit is beckoning us to have conversation with Jesus. Prayer is more than just asking for stuff. Prayer is this time of just talking to God about the things that are going on in our lives. We said this last week, and I'll say it again today, Jesus does not grow tired of inviting us to engage with him. He wants to spend time with us. So speak with God about your day-to-day life, about what you are experiencing. Tell him when you are happy. Allow him to share in your joy. Tell him when you are sad, when you are worried, when you don't know what to do. Talk to him when you are anxious, when you are angry. Just tell him how you feel. Let him in on your conversation that is already probably happening in your mind. He loves you and he wants to hear from you. He desires to be with you during your struggles, your joys. And what a blessing that we can share our life with him. That we can share our communication with him on a daily basis. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Here's a verse you can probably easy, easily remember. Pray continually. Pray continually. Now, if you hear that and you're like, I'm supposed to make requests like 24 hours a day, man. Pray continually. What this really is saying is have conversation with God constantly. Let our prayers ascend to him constantly, audibly, silently. What would happen if you and I would discipline ourselves to not only make requests, but to begin to just speak to God about what's going on in our own lives? Try it. The next time you're tempted to make a request and you're like, okay, God, I, I, I got this job interview today and I'm really, really nervous and would you help me? Okay, that's a request. Nothing wrong with that. But now try to just have conversation with him. Just talk to him about what's going on. Talk to him about how you feel. Talk to him about what the job is. Yes, he knows those things, but he wants to hear it from you. He wants to hear you express yourself to him. For example... It may sound something like this. Big day today, God. Big day. Lots of stuff going on. I'm scared. I'm unsure of myself. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I've worked hard to prepare, but I hate surprises. And these days, there seem to be a surprise around every corner. Let's do this. You guys are all looking at me like, that's weird. But isn't that what you would say to your friend? If you called your friend up and said, hey, I'm on my way to a job interview right now. Holy cow, I'm nervous. And man, I think I got all ready for it. And, or you're going to your driver's test and you call your friend up and you're not asking him, hey, give me more answers, give me more answers. You're just like, man, I gotta just talk to you. I gotta, whew, I gotta calm down. Do you not think that God doesn't wanna hear from you at that moment? Not for you to ask him for more stuff, but just for you to say to him, God, here's what I'm going through. It might sound something like this. You know, on your way home from work. You might be thinking like, wow, I'm heading home, God, and I'm looking forward to being with my family. What would I do without them? Where would I be without these people in my life? I can't wait to hear about their day. 
I am so grateful that you put us together as a family. What a perfect fit we are. And that's, that's what your heart is feeling as you're driving home to see your family. Or at least I hope it is. So why not tell God those things? Why, why allow the day, the pressure of the day to follow you all the way into your house? Why not before you get there to just say, God, wow, can't wait to see my wife. Can't wait to see my kids. Or I can't wait to just be home by myself. Do you follow me? This is conversation prayer. And this is something that you're going to need to work on doing because most of us, when we stop to pray, we stop to request. Sometimes thank you, sometimes praise, but almost never just conversation. So try it. The last one I want to talk about is prayer without words. This one is maybe going to be the one that's going to challenge some of you the most because this one is, is a little bit more difficult to do because it feels like you're not doing anything. So to help you understand what I mean with this is I want to tell you a quick story. This happened a number of years ago. A person came into my office, and I knew that this person had gone through, you know, or was going through uh, very difficult stuff and a very hard time. And this person came into my office and sat down, didn't say a word, and just started to cry. And knowing what I knew, um, I understood immediately the tears, and it was obvious to me, I'm going to get emotional now because I'm thinking about it, it was obvious to me that this had been another bad week. So within a few minutes, I'm a slobbering mess myself, and we just sat there and cried. And I didn't time it, I've sometimes said it was like, you know, five, ten minutes, but after a little while, the person got up and left, and not a word was said. And it was the first time for me that something like that had happened, so I was a little bit like, ooh, what, you know, did I, should I follow, should I what, you know, and you're not sure. But later that day, this person wrote, and they said, thank you for the silence, and thank you for listening. Now, I can tell you that we have met many times since then, and we have talked in great, at great length, but in that moment, words were not needed. And in that moment, words were not helpful. Now, I want to say to you, and I want to assure you that there are times when you pray, words are not needed. There may be times in your life, like some of you right now, you have no words for your pain, you have no words for the loss you've experienced for the confusion that you are in, for the darkness that seems to have swallowed you up. So I say to you, sit there, cry, and know that God hears your prayer. Knowing that God is listening, and if Jesus was willing to cry with his people here on this earth, he is crying with you in those moments as well. Silence is not, silence in prayer is not weakness, it is not a lack of prayer of faith. To pray is to have faith. I'm not going to say when or who, but a few years ago, I was outside in my backyard, and, and one of my kids came outside. 
And, you know, and I'm, I like to just burn things, and I'm just back there, I should say, burn wood or paper, <clears throat> just so you all know, not just things, you know, in general. But I'm outside, and that's my way of resting. I like to just have a little fire, and it just, it's very therapeutic for me. And so I'm just back there doing nothing important, and, and one of my kids came outside, and I did the dad thing. And I was a little embarrassed later on because I, I read this thing really wrong. So I said, like, what's up? You know, as a dad, <laughs> you're asking, what do you want? You know, what is it that you want from me? You know? And so I just said, like, what's up? And my kid just looked at me and they said, nothing. Just wanted to be with you. <sighs> Felt a little stupid for having said what I did. But at the same time, that was so meaningful that my kid was like, I just want to be with you. And so we stood there and stared at the fire, and after a while, they went inside, and I continued on. And I would say to you, if that was moving to me as a father on this earth, that my child would want to just be with me, your Heavenly Father looks forward to those days when you don't have a request, you don't have a whole lot to talk about. You just want to be with him. Does it make sense? No? Okay, all the people online, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. I saw that, I saw that hand. Perfect, perfect. I want you to practice this. Okay, and you're going to be like, well, what is it? Like, that seems weird, right, to just try it. This has been one of the disciplines for me that has helped me to see when my prayers were for myself or not. If I'm willing to just not, or let me say it like this, if I'm willing to spend time with God and make no requests, that is an indication that my prayer is really about God and not just about me. If I'm, the only time I'm willing to spend time with God is when I want something from him, you see that there's a danger of me only using God for what I want. So I want to encourage you as you go through this, to spend time in each one of these forms, to make your requests, to give God thanks, to give God praise, to have conversation with him, but then to also just be silent with him. So those are the five forms of prayer. Next week, I want to talk about how to remember to pray, how to make it so that we don't forget, and, and I hope that the tools that we give you next week um, will be uh, useful to you, and I really want to encourage you to put this into work and to do your best to deepen your relationship with God through prayer. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, there's a lot of information again here today, and I just ask that as, um, as we go from here that we would just have a desire to, to work at these. And God, I pray that as we work on these things and as we try to connect with you in different ways, um, that it would be a time that would be a discipline for us, but also a time um, where we would feel your presence and feel you uh, revealing yourself to us in special ways. God, you are good, and we know that. And we love you, and we're grateful for all that you have done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you joined us online, thank you for joining us online, and you are dismissed, and have a great rest of the day.